0: It's not the years we've taken to get to 16 Harrison Ford movies on this show. It's the mileage. 15 years of Ford movies so far. But we want to finish this thing by the time Indiana
1: Jones 5 comes out next summer. Whoa, 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 that's 39 more years of Harrison Ford movies to get through. God, we better haul ass. It's the Ford Fiesta! Welcome to the Ford Fiesta, I'm Adam Topmen-Witt. And I'm Paul Freeman-Preston. Joining us later in the show to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark will be the head of his own YouTube channel all about movies, film critic and friend of ours from the Movie Trivia Schmodown, Dan
0: Merle. A movie so massive, we need to bring in the big guns. Dan is a real movie
1: fan, so this will be great. And if we have to tell you what Raiders of the Lost Ark is about, i why are we even friends? Uh, But you may have noticed uh, recapping movies gives us a chance to roll out a ton of jokes, and we're not going to deny ourselves any of that. But first.
0: All right. Uh, Harrison Ford News. What's new in the world of Harrison Ford? Okay, well, this is what's new. Harrison Ford, James Mangold and Phoebe Waller-Bridge premiered footage from Indiana Jones 5 at D23 Expo uh there was also a show floor display with costumes and storyboards and one of the coolest parts of course is that Harrison Ford got emotional uh, presenting this footage right when you think the guy does not care about any of these projects he's high all the time or whatever right. he's like wants to kill his characters off he's talking about how the, this movie has heart and uh he felt that TV Waller Bridge was a lot of, to do with that uh, pretty cool presentation and people in the room you know without it being on the internet yet got to see
1: footage Oh, man, that's that's just amazing. I mean, just seeing even the poster, just the image of him like you sent me someone caught a shot of him in the streets, like just dressed in the costume. I'm like, it's just so exciting. It's so exciting. We're getting a new Indiana Jones movie, Paul. We decided to do this show at the right time and just got a little behind.
0: Yeah. And so, look, I mean, great day to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark when you're on the verge of like. 42 years later, you're on the verge of another one. It's just crazy. Of course, I think we both agree, maybe there should have been another three or four in there,
1: but we'll take what we can get. I think sequels should be made every three years. It should be the law. (laughs) waiting around to make the perfect movie. You see what Friday the 13th did? They're like, I don't know. Maybe the sun kills people. You know, just move on. Just keep making them. Yeah, (laughs) he'll end up in
0: space, right? That's where.
1: He'll end up in space eventually.
0: They all do eventually. (laughs) Well, speaking of Harrison Ford's other massive franchise, Han Solo's original blaster sold for at auction. The original blaster. Uh, Take a guess, Adam. Wow, the real one. Not some fake crap. The original blaster sells for? For half a mil. You're half right. I'm half right. $1,057,500. Oh, my God. Wow.
1: Somebody really wanted that. Screen used. I mean, people lay out money for like, you know, they had to make five of those and half of them didn't end up on screen. But this is the one that Harrison Ford picked up, shot. You saw the opening montage there, shot those stormtroopers. That's the one, huh? Yeah. I mean, I went to the Peterson Automobile Museum recently
0: and they had the DeLorean there. Okay. This is not any DeLorean this is the DeLorean. The, I looked in the door, and there's all the... The actual Ten Commandments. He can... <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> right there in the dashboards everywhere where he can punch in the date. I mean, that's where Ooh. he did... I look in the back. That's the out-of-time license plate. Wow. That's the flux capacitor. You know, it's like there's oh. something about being the thing that is part of iconic movie history. And someone thought that was worth the over a million dollars.
1: That's amazing. Well, of course. I mean, you or I would say, yeah, that's worth a million dollars, but someone actually did pay for that. Yeah. That's so huge. As it's been a minute since we did our last
0: show, this is uh, news on this show. Uh, Anne Heche passed away. Oh, yeah. Of course, his co-star, Ford's co-star in Six Days, Seven Nights, and supposedly he fought for her to be in the film. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll love this quote. This is vintage Ford. Uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn who you're sleeping with. We're going to make the best romantic comedy there is, and I'll see you on set. So, All right. (laughs) She got the part. And then, of course, Wolfgang Peterson passed away, too, responsible for
1: Air Force Force One. One. Yeah, we've lost some uh, Harrison Ford compatriots. But at 80, he's still going. He's He's still still going. But it done how much did your heart skip a beat when you heard he crashed a plane into a golf course though you're like I, I, no <laughs> no no i'm not moving on without harrison ford in my life he's got to be here until he dies at 105 yeah oh, okay. I hope so. then of course uh googling harrison
0: ford news gets you oh express.co.uk Says Ford uses a stylish accessory to look younger with gray hair. Oh. Adam, with grayish hair, you may want to keep this in mind.
1: Uh, express.co.uk, they're breaking the yeah, news. They,
0: they say round <laughs> specs with blue rimmed glasses. That will give you a, a stylish accessory for your gray hair. Okay.
1: All right. Round. All right. Because I got to get new glasses here soon. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, you know,
0: thinking wildly, the kind of thing you think you wore in Age of Adeline. Am I picturing him in that movie? Okay. T, and I think he had the round blue rimmed glasses. Okay. Age of Adelaide. And Daily Mail. Oh, Daily Mail. You never disappoint. Ford was seen running errands in Santa Monica in a black T-shirt. Weeks after his 80th birthday. That's the so news, that, baby. Yeah. He didn't <laughs> die after his 80th birthday. He went out and did stuff. Well, what a shock.
1: So Santa, He spends a lot of time in Santa Monica, Paul. I think we need to take the Daily Mail. We need to figure out. We need to coordinate this put this on a board figure out what days he's hanging out in santa monica we just need to hit right? for a saturday see if we can circumnavigate somewhere around that bike store where was this this was oh the, yeah in santa monica yeah and yeah. I, I think it comes the,
0: down out of the, the malibu hills where he probably right and
1: uh get some
0: stuff done there
1: in a black t-shirt black t-shirt in summer see he's this guy's a real man <laughs> <laughs> all right uh now one more quick recurring show segment before we get to the recap This date in Ford history. History, history, history. September 11th, 2017, Ford directs traffic after a backup in the Lincoln Tunnel so he could get his Mercedes-Benz out of the Lincoln Tunnel. I've seen photos of this. I watched the video. It's oh, oh, there's a whole video? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, It's real brief, but he gets a, let's go, come on! Come on, go! go on. Move! Like he's like in full major move mode. Yeah, you need someone to get yeah. out there and yell at traffic. That's awesome. I love that. I love that he's... He actually flies. He's actually good at it. He's actually a leader. He's actually, like, heroic. He hasn't screwed anything up. He's not been me-tooed, none of this stuff. And here he is. You know, if need calls for it, Harrison Ford is going to jump out. He's going to direct traffic, get everyone home safely. It's the Harrison Ford way. It's
0: very funny you should say that because those are the exact type of things I would write in fan mail to him when I was just a wee nip. Yeah. And I would send him off a letter and say like, Harrison Ford, you're the best, Han Solo and in Indiana Jones. And I really love that you're not in the tabloids, you know, like you get, you know, like the closest thing came to him being in the tabloids was when he got his ear pierced in the late 90s. Right. <laughs> but uh, back then it was like all these dummies are on the tabloids for dumb stuff. And yeah. Harrison Ford, he was just married and had kids and
1: making movies and being awesome. He ain't making right? no sex tape. He ain't making no sex tape. He's <laughs> keeping his nose clean, keeping his family yeah. fed. Yeah. Boy, i tell you, there's something we didn't realize separated us. You actually wrote a letter to Harrison Ford. I never wrote a letter to him, uh, a fan letter. That's awesome. Well, it went Paul. to Pat
0: McQueenie. I went to Pat McQueenie is now past a uh, former manager,
1: but it got me okay. things
0: like the, if you've ever seen the streaming uh, version of the show or, anything movie guys are streaming, the Harrison Ford signed autographs behind me. I got one of those and they oh. were sent out no doubt by the manager as well, but it was cool. I mean, hopefully the word got to him that some kid thought he was cool because he wasn't, you know, being a Madonna about everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My mom used to write Yoko Ono. Then we got on her Christmas card list. So he just started getting Yoko Ono Christmas cards every Christmas. I don't know if she still gets them. But it's true. <laughs> Uh, And on September 22nd, 1967, thinking about now, Paul, what year was Dead Heat and a Merry-Go-Round? I bet like 66. Yeah. So yeah, Ben Ford's born. He's just getting going. 67. It's like right around the time he's shooting Love or Love's coming out. They're going to see Love in the theater to see Harrison Ford punch Jack Lemmon. But they couldn't go because they got a newborn baby. So anyway, Ben Ford. I remember
0: he was thrilled to be under contract, like people used to be back in the day. Columbia contract. He would be on contract. Yeah. to like, put me in all these movies. Give me these small parts. I got kids now. Yeah. I remember that was his comment about all that.
1: That is what's the funny thing about those first five movies or so we've done on the Ford Fiesta is like, yeah, that's all the Columbia contract is like, all right, get into this Glenn Ford movie and say
2: fire. Damn it.
1: Fire. (laughs) (laughs) And Ben Ford is the chef, I believe. Right. So he had
0: Ford's filling station out here in L.A. And I can't believe I never went. But thankfully the only ford's filling station that is left is in lax and one of the last times i flew last summer back to new york i went to ford's filling station it had a great breakfast burrito those pictures of ben and harrison cooking together on uh, all over the walls and uh yeah so i hope he's still doing it i know he uh, wrote books but I hope he's continuing his uh, chef adventure and open another place out here. It'd be fun.
1: You know, I thought that was at a different airport. I didn't realize that's at LAX. Like, I'm going to get there early next time and go to Ford's filling station. I can't tell you what terminal yeah, it was. Yeah, it's obviously uh, not what I, I go to. I do not remember if
0: it was United or Delta. Yeah. American. I don't know. See, that's a problem. But look that up. Yeah. yeah? Oh. Make the extra time so you can walk across the length of the terminal yeah. just to check it out. Well, All I know right. you'd have to. Hey,
1: look. The, all of LAX, as you and I know, Paul, all of LAX is a location from Dead Heat on go Round. So I always enjoy there's a very general Harrison Fordness to LAX.
0: Yes, everyone I give an LA locations tour
1: to from out of town said, Well, you've seen one already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you flew it. That was from airplane. Anyway. Yeah, that's from Airplane and Dead Heat on go Round. And blind rage for anybody who watched our show last week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, let's get on to the recap of greatest movie of all time, in my This opinion. is the
1: greatest movie of all time. Paul, here we are. We, we decided yeah. to, to go live uh, recording this to celebrate our favorite movie of all time. We've seen it together so many times in the theater. Paul, you've seen it three times this year in the theater? Twice. 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 Well,
0: okay. now you count the outdoor
1: screening as a theater screening. Sure. Yeah, not you the count living that. Room, so. No, you count that.
0: In fact, I can't remember the last time I saw it in the living room. I haven't watched it at home. There's been no need. <laughs>
1: That's a good point. So, That's a good yeah. point. And that's when I should run into the ground. That should be on like every night just for a meditative, you know, relaxation. God, this movie's so good. Paul, this movie's so good. It's time for the recap. Do you like Jaws? Do you like Star Wars? Do you like Close Encounters?
0: Are you a late 70s child raised on books chronicling how those movies were made? Are you nine years old and only know the name of two directors? Well, get ready to have your third-grade head explode because George Lucas and Steven Spielberg have decided to make a movie together. (laughs) Well, Paul, it can't get any better than that. Well, save your breath, fella, because it's not just any movie like Star Wars. It's another swashbuckling adventure. Okay,
1: that sounds like the
0: greatest movie of all time without knowing a single other detail. Han Solo's in it. What?! More accurately, Harrison Ford perfecting the pulp character of a charming rogue, a journey he began with Han Solo, who looks
1: increasingly like a triple to the home run that is Indiana Jones. Legend has it that Spielberg and Lucas vacation in Hawaii to ignore the openings of Star Wars and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Spielberg expressed interest in making a James Bond movie, but George Lucas said, and, you know, I'm paraphrasing, F*** James Bond! James Bond is bullshit. I'll show you where the money's at, bitch! Indiana, and Jones! Again, you know,
0: paraphrasing. Our story begins in ancient Mesopotamia as Moses received the Ten Commandments from God and transcribed them. But that's not what this movie's about! True.
1: Harrison Ford plays Indiana Jones, world-traveling adventurer and archaeologist traveling the globe to find rare antiquities.
0: But we don't know that yet as a mysterious group makes their way through the jungles of South America in 1936. Their leader, shrouded in mystery until a classic serial moment. One of the crew betrays the leader, pulling a gun that is whipped out of his hand by a whip lashing out of the darkness, followed closely by Indiana Jones. Stepping out of the darkness and into his close up, Harrison Ford always makes an
1: entrance.
2: Paging Mr. Ellis. Fire! Hi.
1: i Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. The basically silent film continues to unfold as Indiana Jones enters a mysterious cave, supported only by Alfred Molina, unveiling booby traps, tarantulas, and bottomless pits threatening serial style danger around every corner until they get to a golden idol protected by dozens of poison dart firing landmines. It's classic George
0: Lucas, a world that begs the question. Who are these people and what's going on? Inside a pulp genre exercise, except this time it's executed by a master of pure cinema, Steven Spielberg, who builds the suspense to a crescendo until Indiana Jones
1: gets the idol. And then like a roller coaster that clicks its way up the hill and finally crests, all hell breaks loose as Indiana Jones must now navigate all the traps that were meticulously laid out, triggering the landmines falling in the pit and being attacked by tarantulas who push an enormous boulder on him. A boulder it may not be how that happened. the <laughs> boulder
0: is triggered to roll and seal the cave shut, chasing Indiana Jones down a narrow hallway, inches from crushing him as Lucas and Spielberg mint a Hollywood highlight reel moment in real time right before your eyes.
1: Indiana Jones escapes only to come face to face with his nemesis.
2: <laughs> Son of a bitch.
1: What, you thought this efficient storytelling machine wasn't going to punctuate that amazing action sequence without a nemesis? Finally,
0: this silent movie talks and shows off another strength. Smooth
1: exposition. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you wonder who this was and what his relationship to Indy was?
1: Again, we see there is nothing you can possess which I cannot take away.
0: And that's basically the first line of the movie. You can just feel this serial installment asking you to return next week to see how indiana jones gets
1: out of this one indy escapes and is chased by the native hovitos minting another iconic image of indiana jones emitting clouds of tomb dust as he runs from someone trying to kill him like another pulp hero tarzan indy jumps and swings from a vine it is only now that we hear the raiders of the lost ark theme and if you weren't picking up on what lucas and
0: spielberg and williams were laying down. You do now. Uh-huh. Crescendo, fly off into the sunset, and surely Bassey begins her song, Raiders of the Lost Heart. All right, not really, but that's where it would have gone.
1: Yeah. Chapter two, Indiana Jones and the Mystery of the Top Men. Unlike James Bond, Indiana Jones is a teacher. We catch up with him as he's teaching a class.
2: Web spiders catch and wind their strands around their victims and mummify them before they have them for dinner. Some even devour their own. But... Spider's not a bad fellow. In fact, in many ways, he's a truly extraordinary creature.
1: That's not from Raiders of a Lost Ark. No, no, no. You got me. You got me. You're right. But fun fact, one of Harrison Ford's two scenes in the 1977 TV movie The Possessed, which would air just a couple weeks before Star Wars hit theaters, began with him as a teacher writing a complex word on a blackboard in the exact same handwriting. So check it out on YouTube and definitely stay for the end. Paul, would you like to watch the end? Yes. The dean of students, Marcus Brody, tells Indy that
0: some top men. Top men. (laughs) From the government would like to talk to him. And at what has to be a record for exposition. Two minutes later, we know what the Ark is, what the power holds. Lightning. Fire.
1: Power of God or something.
0: The phrase headpiece of the staff of Ra has entered our lexicon. And we know the stakes, the bad guys, and how to find the
1: Ark. Right. To find the Ark, all you have to do is dodge the snake in the entrance room and grab the whip. Run down one screen to the marketplace. Search all three baskets for the key, the gun, and the grenade. Wait 15 seconds and the medallion will appear in the same basket as the key. Go back up to the entrance room, use the grenade, run away. A giant hole will appear in the marketplace wall. Go through the hole to the temple entrance. Now you'll need three bags of gold in the Ark. To make room in your inventory, drop the gun and the flute. Okay, what the hell are you talking about? That is not how you find the Ark. It wasn't the Atari 2600.
0: But in case the smoothest storytelling ever has you confused, there's a handy iconic map to sweep you along into the next scene as Indiana Jones flies to Casablanca. I mean, Nepal, where we are introduced to Marion Ravenwood in the middle of a drinking contest. And if you didn't catch that she was tough as nails, sharing a
1: complicated past with Indy, she punches him within 30 seconds of meeting him. Marion Ravenwood holds many grudges against Indy. So she takes his money and sends him packing, unimpressed at the 3,000 miles he's traveled. I guess she doesn't trust him. Trust me. But in classic serial fashion, danger is right around the corner in the form of Tote, a Nazi accomplice we saw trailing Indiana Jones on the plane ride. Tote is the opposite of Belloc's French gentlemanly sniveling weasel villainy. Instead, Tote is a riff on uh, Peter Lorre-style villainy. Uh, Hello, my name is Boo. (laughs) Let me finish. Booberry, my ghostly good blueberry-flavored cereal, (laughs) Booberry, is part of this complete breakfast. Tote
0: is not afraid to use force, and just as he's about to say, we have ways of making you talk, right as you can almost hear an announcer say, tune in next week for Chapter 3, Indiana Jones and the goddamn partner, a bullwick, cracks, and out of nowhere cutting to the heroic Indiana Jones saying, let her go,
1: and triggering Harrison Ford's first cinema fist fight. It's an old school two-fisted action throwback, just like Star Wars, except it's directed by the greatest director of all time. And if you don't think that, then clearly you've never seen the bar fight from Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's a masterful piece of choreography. The entire room shifts in opposition, using every part of the room and every ugly stuntman in England to surround Indy. Does he get hurt?
0: Yes. Does he win? Yes. He's not Superman. He's just a guy with a whip and an incredible tenacity that will continue to frustrate his villains. He gains the headpiece to the staff of
1: Ra and a goddamn partner.
2: I'm your goddamn partner!
1: And before you can draw another iconic line on a map, we're off to Cairo, city of the living.
2: Cairo,
0: city of the living. Told you. Indiana Jones has allies all
1: over the world. Like
0: Sala, organizer of the greatest diggers in Cairo. So, they're all set to find the ark, but wait, all of the diggers have been taken. By who? Beloche, always one
1: step ahead.
2: <laughs>
1: As Indiana Jones and Marion walk through a Cairo marketplace, danger closes in in the form of several corporate Nazis controlling a half dozen local assassins and a Nazi monkey. <laughs> Show me any other movie you think is better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I'll show you a movie that's one Nazi monkey shy of being a masterpiece. Finding himself
0: unpestered for almost 15 (laughs) minutes, Indiana Jones is attacked, leading to a Nazi nesting doll of action sequences and visual gags that stacks thrilling set pieces inside of a larger set piece of Marion's kidnapping including a showdown with a giant sword-wielding villain that Indiana Jones dispenses with in one shot of his pistol. It's one of the biggest laughs of the movie, because in the flurry of fists and whips and swords, we forgot Indy could just do that. (laughs) And the whole sequence ends with a big explosion. I want the movie to end with a big explosion. (laughs) As Marion is seemingly killed when a truck full of dynamite she was put into does what dynamite does. Indiana Jones slows long enough for Belloc to catch up and Ponder the meaning of their life's work in one of Cairo's
1: famous ponder lounges. But enough dawdling! The next morning, Indian and Salah are off to find the map room, as the steps laid out for the top men earlier are executed for an unconfused audience. In the map room, John Williams, who you might know as the legendary composer of Indiana Jones Theme and Marion's Theme and The Basket Chase already in this movie, turns in another masterpiece with an angelic choir rising as close-ups of the hottest actor of all time show the anticipation and elation of discovering the resting place of the Ark. It's a tour de force of filmmaking that, on the day, was just Harrison Ford looking at
0: a floor. The Well of Souls is not just a really good name for an Iron Maiden song. It's also an enormous temple once buried beneath the desert, but now uncovered by Sala and his crew. But since Indiana Jones never has a day that gets any easier, when the temple is open, they find the entire floor covered in
2: Snakes. Why'd it have to be snakes?
0: Which is the one thing Indiana Jones hates. Well, that and Nazis. Nazis. I hate these guys.
1: Indiana Jones drops inches from a cobra, which leaps to come face to face with him, minting another iconic Hollywood pinup. Just put that over there next to the others, guys. Uh, okay, we've got to move along. There's just too much in this movie, and these are already too hard to write. Let's just say, the arc, pretty big deal. Uh, so, that's all wrapped up. Indiana Jones gets the arc and saves the day. Uh. Why, Dr. Jones, whatever are you doing in such a nasty place? Belloc.
2: <laughs> Son of a bitch.
1: Belloc once again shows up to spoil the day, taking what Indy took so long to discover, only to then bury Indy alive, but not before throwing Marion down in the pit with him. He really sucks. Will she survive? Will they escape? Come back to the theater next week for Indiana Jones and the Attack of the Bald Nazi. Yes, the good news is Marion's alive and back
0: in Indiana Jones's arms. The bad news is he's holding her because she just fell into a temple of snakes. Indiana Jones hatches a plan to cue the Indiana Jones theme by knocking a statue through the wall to a storage room for the dead body props from Poltergeist.
1: Indian and Marion escape the tomb to see that Belloc is going to fly the Ark out on a plane that is guarded by only one Frank Marshall. So they attempt to sneak on board, only to be thwarted by a huge bald mechanic played by Pat Roach, who would make appearances in the next two Indiana Jones movies in addition to two roles in this one. Pat Roach finds out what you get when you fight Indiana
0: Jones bitten punched sand thrown in your eye and ultimately chopped up by an airplane propeller all intercut with indy rescuing marion from a cockpit before it explodes when a rapidly approaching flaming trail of gasoline reaches them once again it's twice as thrilling it's a montage that would make alfred hitchcock high five sergey eisenstein Is having
1: more action than any other movie outside of Star Wars not enough for you? Well, Raiders of the Lost Ark, would like to let you know that it's been holding back. As Indiana Jones goes full Western hero by running down the truck on a horse punctuated by that classic hit.
0: Jones boards the truck in one of the greatest action sequences ever filmed. That Wikipedia describes as Jones captures a truck carrying the Ark. Come on, man, add a little flair to it. (laughs) Actually, after looking at all that goes down in the scene, I retract my statement. They did the right thing. So after getting the Nazis to practically shoot all the soldiers in the back of the truck, throwing dudes out of the door and windshield, running them off the road and running them over,
1: Jones captures a truck carrying the Ark. (laughs) Yeah, remember, this is the director of Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 1941, but most accurately, it's the director of Duel, where Dennis Weaver is relentlessly chased by a truck for 96 minutes. Jones
0: and Marion then arrange transport to London aboard a tramp steamer, no doubt given a name by executive producer George Lucas, the Bantu Wind. Okay. Fun fact, the captain of the Bantu Wind
1: was given a name by Ian Fleming, Katanga. Unfortunately, Das boat interrupts the steamer, but they can't find Indy. They take the Ark, they take the girl, they take what they wish. And then decide whether or not to blow your ship from the water. And away the Germans go,
0: leaving Indy behind on the ship. Or is he? Eventually, Chocolate Moose, from Top Secret, look it up, (laughs) sees Indy and he's made his way on top of the German U-boat, which he travels on the iconic map to an island off the coast of Greece, where he dances on the beach and sings ABBA songs. Really? No. Lousy Germans, they ruin everything. And they're not done. Belloc wants to open the Ark.
2: I'm uncomfortable with the thought of this Jewish ritual.
1: Could be worse, Dietrich. He could want to give you all circumcisions. But they end up having a parade to the middle of the island, complete with the Ark, and marching, and flags, and costumes, and... <laughs> then it's interrupted by Indy, and he's threatening to blow up the Ark with a bazooka. I think it's a rocket launcher. Not as much fun to
0: say. Good point. Indy's done. Right? He's got dysentery. He's got pebbles in his pants from being dragged under a truck. He's seen one too many snakes today, so he's done. And he's just going to blow up the Ark. But Belloc makes a very impassioned speech that changes Indy's mind. That, and Belloc showed Indy on a poor fly what he was going to do to him if he blew up the Ark.
1: (laughs) The parade finally arrives at the Canyon of the Grand Finale, where Belloc is dressed like Haji from Johnny Quest, ready to get those Ten Commandments out already and grade God's penmanship. Unfortunately, upon opening the Ark, inside was only sand. I don't like sand.
0: The sand sparks a prequel idea in George Lucas's brain and also sparks the generators causing them to explode. Or something does, as spirits seem to exit the top of the ark and encircle the Nazis watching the ceremony.
1: Please. Eventually, the beautiful ghost beautiful. turns into my ex girlfriend. And the swirling spirits transform into a hellstorm of fire and fury. For what happens next, we'll turn things over to Marion Ravenwood for a thorough recount of the event. Don't look at it, keep your eyes shut. Well, it seems like she missed it. Did anyone else uh, see what happened? Uh, Diedrich? Tote? Belloc? Well, no one seems to have survived or looked at the events of that evening, which is good, because we really can't keep Dan Merle waiting any longer. To wrap up, we next see Indy back
0: with Marcus Brody, arguing with the military brass about how the Ark should be studied. It belongs in a museum! They get handsomely compensated, but the government can't be trusted with handling a power that unpredictable. For an example of what Indy and Brody mean, see everything the government's
1: done ever. But out on the street, Indy reunites with Marion, and they go for a drink. You know, a drink. And much like the Marvel movies, there's an extra scene tacked on at the end to prep you for future films in the franchise. Rare's the Lost Ark ends with a sneak peek of an action set piece from Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. that's where it's lost. That's it. As if you didn't know,
2: a
0: <laughs> plot. So now it's chatter time where we talk about uh, the movie ad nauseum, at length. and With we, a noted
1: expert if we can.
0: You know, we often bring in a noted expert. <laughs> and they seem to be more now in these episodes of super popular movies. No one joined us for Journey to Shiloh. No, Journey but, to Shiloh uh,
1: we did alone.
0: <laughs> but today we <laughs> have a, a friend from the movie <laughs> trivia schmodown. And a buddy of ours who you can find at youtube.com slash Movies. Mm-hmm.
1: It's Dan Merle.
2: Hey, what do you know?
1: It's me throw out compliments on that site right away by the way that is appointment viewing if i've ever seen appointment viewing for movie nerds yes and uh man there's just so many mornings i've made breakfast with dan telling me what the box office (laughs) breakdown was and all that stuff we used to get into when we were kids paul and i even had a conversation recently about how we used to have the top 10 domestic box office memorized you were like yeah oh it was uh it was you know like star wars uh you know jaws or whatever like there was a for a long time i had the top 10 memorized and you kind of brought that back it's very exciting it is fun it's <laughs> i,
2: I still i remember sunday's eonline.com when i was growing up oh, okay. I looked for, what are the, what's the box office the yeah. top 10 used to be easy to memorize because like you have it didn't like change One much. new movie every ten years. Right. And now it changes every
1: <laughs> six oh, months. Right.
2: It was E. T. Star Wars. E. E.T., Star Wars. Uh, then, but then Star Wars came out, was re-released, and the Star Wars moved up, and then E. T. Yeah, and then it just got complicated. They, yeah.
0: they were the uh, Avatar and Avengers Endgame yeah. of their day. Of their like day. Home,
2: Home Alone was on there. Right. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah,
0: that got yeah. up there. Pretty crazy. Well, then, eventually Titanic, yeah. Titanic, uh, yeah. yeah, But once upon a time, I always bring up this point, the biggest movies at the box office were also the best movies. Like, once upon a time, it was Empire Strikes Back, Jaws, Rocky, The Godfather. Right. Yeah, now it's like, which Transformers movie's in the top (laughs) 20? But one of those Pirates movies is in the top 20.
2: Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, so before we launch into too much, this is my favorite movie of all time. Adam Ears is probably Star Wars. although. Cause I always say this is my favorite movie of all time, besides Star Wars, besides which is Star a whole Wars. other category.
1: That's a whole other category. That's like, yeah. and somebody, I just heard someone make the reference of like, uh, uh, what mu- music do you like? The Beatles, like, oh, do you? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like, besides <laughs> exactly. the boring one, like, what wouldn't I know? Yeah. Uh, but, but Star Wars is probably your number one, yeah? Yeah, well, mine has shifted, as you know, Paul, uh, the, the The champion, it, it knocked out, the, it was Raiders, Star Wars, Raiders, Star Wars, pretty much depending upon what the last one I watched, it became Star Wars for a long time time because i was competing in star wars trivia but then avengers endgame came along and i'm like that is my favorite movie of all time i i, I hate to say it for raiders i hate to say it for star wars but that's just how impressive that movie in, is in, to my heart so yeah one two and three avengers endgame uh raiders of the lost Dark star wars
0: jockeying for different positions oh, all jockeying different for times. different positions yeah. so dan i don't know what one what caused you to want to come to talk about this film of all the harrison ford
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh is this your favorite film of all time if not what is
2: Jaws is my favorite film of all time. There we the go. shirt that I, I love that we're all wearing Harrison Ford adjacent uh, to this episode <laughs> shirts. Um Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. I mean, I have there's, there could be five honestly, but like just pressed to it. It's it's since I first saw it, it's been my favorite. So
1: And you are correct. That is Yeah. I could easily say that's the greatest movie of all time. Right. Right. uh, You put that in front of me right now, like, that's the greatest movie. Oh, God, I love it so much. I love Jaws so much.
2: It's perfect. It's one of a handful of movies. This, by the way, Raiders, is another one, a movie that I would legitimately call perfect. uh, When I say perfect, perfect, I mean... Every movie has their its little things that like technical errors or sure. you know th- th- a little things tiny we forgive
1: thing. generally right. We, there's nothing we have to forgive, but generally movie. like
2: Raiders, like there's nothing that I have to be like. Well, you know that I love the movie except for this one scene. I might have done a little. this one plot point doesn't really resolve. Like mm-hmm. no, it was a it's different like, time. It's it's <laughs> they're little things, and I'm sure we'll talk about. It. But I just mean as far as the movie itself, you know, it's like Raiders, Jaws, Casablanca, The yeah. Godfather. Uh, network. There's, there's back some, to the future. Back to the future. Would it's just right. like you back look at it and perfect. it's like it's tight. It's, it's a tight. It's just a tight. tight
1: movie, not a line know? out of place. Right. And the classic. Not you know scripts aren't written. They're rewritten. That classic rewritten thing where you're led with breadcrumbs the entire time, and then everything just inevitably ends where it does. <laughs> yeah. That's a perfect movie. It's like, of course we are inevitably going to end up here. It's very satisfying yet surprising.
2: Robocop is another one. Perfect I, movie. I call Robocop <laughs> a perfect movie. That's a it's perfect so movie. excessive,
1: but I guess yeah. it's perfect.
2: It is yeah. for the story it's telling.
0: It's got a voice. Yeah. it got a lot of voice. Well this one as you all know came out in nineteen eighty one, June twelfth, so Harrison Ford I think now is officially summer movie guy oh yeah after uh, star wars and empire even though we had that block of films between that are always crazy now we're going to get into establishing harrison ford as a leading man and b summer movie guy
1: the the, the things he will be known for for the rest of his career it's really starting right now because we didn't know if he could be a leading man star wars was an ensemble Yeah. yeah
0: and after talking about empire strikes back and seeing it recently you said adam that it was his coming out party like that movie is Han Solo's
1: part, it's, movie. It's Han Solo the movie. Yeah. It and
0: is. and uh, looking up information on the film, that was Spielberg's deal closer. He's like, watched Empire and went, no, that's our Indiana Jones. That's Indiana yeah. So it was like an audition almost for the rest of his career.
1: He's so good in Empire, but he's even better in this. And I have to say, as a Jaws fan, it must have been very. And I don't know what order you saw him in. We
2: Jaws was pretty early. Yeah. Too early. Too early. Honestly, it scarred me a little bit. It's, it's a PG it. movie. Yeah, no. the, the <laughs> 70s PG. Ben Gardner's Head and uh, Quent's Demise both. Uh, oh, yeah. I was probably about two years too young because now there's so much accessible information. And, like, I'm glad that parents can research uh, movies for their kids. But, like, I'm probably one of the last of the generation where, like, just because of the lack of information, our parents, to a certain degree, would just cast us into the wild when it came to movies. Uh-huh. And sometimes you would see stuff like a guy's face melting off that you weren't quite prepared to see in a PG movie. But, you know, it turned out okay. Yeah. But now I feel like uh, some people might not let their kids see a movie like Jaws or Raiders as young as we probably saw it because, you know, there's a detailed description of everything that's in a movie online within 12 hours of it coming out. And I feel like, you know, there's some good things about that. And there's some things that are just like, to me, that was like part of being a kid. Like sometimes you just kind of. You get that little extra dose of growing up. It's just a a little ahead of your time. And Raiders is a movie that has stuff like that all over the place. Yeah, a lot of death. Yeah.
1: There was a lot of excitement over Now, I I wasn't allowed to see Jaws yet, I don't think, when this came out. And and the great thing about Jaws was when you weren't allowed to see something, there was a great anticipation for when you finally could. You know, so like, oh, I can't wait. So the build-up for me became... The guy from Close Encounters, the the movie I liked, and the guy from Star Wars are getting together to make this movie called Rares of the Lost Ark. Like, whoa. And then also then, like, you know, you're learning all this stuff and you go, and the Jaws, that movie you can't see yet? That guy also directed that movie. And and so you're like six years old going, directors, I'm interested in directors, which is insane for a young kid. (laughs) They're not dummies. This was the tagline on the poster. Indiana
0: Jones, the new hero from the creators of Jaws and Star Wars. So oh, you know, just lead with it. Yeah. Why, right. Why mess around? So it makes three hundred eighty-nine point nine million at the box office. That's its uh, releases and re-releases over time. That's two hundred forty-eight domestic, one hundred forty-one million international, on a budget of twenty million.
2: Well,
1: wow. Oh, wow.
2: That's a nice, That's some nice pocket change to take home.
0: But here's what this movie did that just doesn't even happen anymore, except maybe Top Gun Maverick. But, uh, Once week in one, a lifetime. <laughs> it, it, it debuts in number one in its first week. Goes to number three in its second week because Superman 2 came out. Also, the cannonball run. So it oh. dipped behind those. <laughs> week That's four. That's stiff
2: competition. <laughs> yeah. Man, well, Bert
1: is always on the heel. Like Star Wars was yeah. Smoking the Bandit, right? It was like <laughs> well, considering this was. Yeah, exactly.
2: Bert, hey, Bert Reynolds hated George <laughs> Lucas hey, and Come Spooners.
1: on, you're really killing me
0: here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Considering that Superman 2 was really something people look forward to yeah. and Raiders kind of flew under the radar. Yeah. For this movie to make a hundred million dollars more than Superman two and on Golden Pond, which were actually number three and two. On Golden Pond made mm-hmm. more money than Superman two.
1: Isn't that crazy a crazy but, time when on Golden Pond could right? make Jaws money. Yeah. <laughs> and but this but it
0: <laughs> made a hundred million more than the second place movie. So wow. back and they back when a hundred million meant a lot. But the point is it went back to number one in its sixth week where it remained for most of the next nine weeks and had forty straight weeks in the top ten. Wow. That just doesn't happen anymore. No. Wow. It
2: doesn't, that doesn't.
0: Movies were in theaters for an like entire even, year. Yeah.
2: That, even with movies like Maverick, no. I, not no, going no, to happen. happen.
0: But pretty damn good run. Still going. But yeah.
1: I not, saw not Star that. Wars in the theater eight times over the course of three years. <laughs> That's re releases and initial <laughs> <Yeah>. release. <laughs> like, look, when when would that happen? No.
0: <laughs> so, what is the first time you saw it and what was that experience like, Dan? Man,
2: yeah, I mean, it was definitely on VHS. Yeah. I'll tell you that for sure. I don't know exactly. It's one of those movies that, like, it's just sort of...
1: It's always been there, there, right? Yeah.
2: I couldn't tell you the first time that I saw it. Like, Uh I remember seeing Jurassic Park for the first time. I remember the first time I saw Star Wars, I taped it off the USA Network. I oh, wow. wrote Star Wars on the spine of the right. tape that I, I you know, it. had the commercials you, on it. Uh, I wish S- I still had that tape.
1: SPLP S- 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 or SLP? Well, okay, did you fit two more movies on there, Dan? Here's or the just thing. the thing:
2: I tended to prioritize <laughs> quantity over quality, so I would go SLP because okay. I could yeah. get three movies. If right. I cut the commercials out, I could get three mm-hmm. movies on one tape.
1: Dan, my favorite question to ask people: What were the other two movies on that tape? <laughs> oh my goodness!
2: <laughs> Who even knows? Honestly, it was probably Star Wars and then like. Six episodes of Star Trek. The next
1: <laughs> <series>. <laughs> There's always that too. You can always fill out the tape with some night court. Exactly, Mine yeah. that something, <laughs>
2: something. Um, but weirdly enough, I don't think I ever owned it until I bought it on DVD. Yeah. But I'd seen it. I probably rented it. I don't know how many times. So right. it's weird. Like it wasn't one of those like Batman or, or Jaws where like I grew up watching it all the time. Yeah, over and, but and over. But it's over. just always been a movie that I loved, and I could not tell you where it comes from. It just is. It's like in my DNA. I don't know.
0: Dan, I'm older. <laughs> Saw it in the theater. My brother said, "You oh need to go God. see this." Saw it in the theater. So like I went, and I like came crazy. home like, I, I, uh, uh, yeah. uh, 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 you know, it blew my my nothing ever. Like, I mean, and this is like, this is Han Solo. I love Han Solo. <laughs> now look what he's doing. And so immediately, Harrison Ford, favorite actor of all time been that way ever since
1: i mean star wars and empire were just like so incredibly formative obviously there was all the toys all the star wars hype it was the only thing i was interested in i wasn't interested in football i was i was interested in movies obviously i'm still here doing it but star wars came out of nowhere there's suddenly a thing called star wars oh by the way do you know there's a thing called movies also do you know there's a thing called direct i mean so that that kind of all like came out i didn't know sequels existed till empire strikes back it was so shocking to me that i was going to get to see this movie that i loved it, there's a sequel. Wait, they're, wait. It's the same people. Hold on. You know, I'm like, I'm they're not doing old it enough. Again? To, yeah, they're doing it again. Hold on, I'm not, I'm not old enough to understand. By Raiders, I now knew there were people behind this, and that there were sequels and things like that and big events. So, like Raiders, like I was like, oh, I know to be excited in a very specific way. So, man, getting into the theater for that, off oh, Raiders was just such a joy.
0: All right, so let's talk about why this movie works. And I'll give you the one reason I have to why Raiders of the Lost Ark works so well. And a lot of action movies have failed to do this in its wake. It is that they set up the rules right away. Brilliantly. Well, first they introduce the character in a real fun way, and then it's right to the rules. Right? we right. got the arc, the Nazis wanted this we're gonna do the whole thing. Haven't you been didn't you any of you guys go to Sunday school? All this <laughs> stuff, it's all there, but the great skeptics fire. Power uh, of God. You, <laughs> power of God or something. Power God or <laughs> um, something. And then once you do that, you can have fun. Oh, I know. As right? long as you don't betray what you've already set up, and that's it. It's it, that simple. And it just they do that over and over again in this movie. It's like we're having fun, but we haven't lost the fact that there are real stakes here. It's not just goofy. We're not smoking cigars and uploading a virus to the spaceship and having ourselves a grand old time after two billion people just died. Yeah. No, they really like set up the stakes of what's important. Have fun and maintain both to the end. Yeah, is there, is there another reason this movie well, works or an agreement I, with me?
1: Anyone want to agree with me? I'll agree, I'll the, agree with you, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but man, I got to tell you, that two-fisted man of action sort of thing going on there of like, he's going to get this back because he's the hero. You can't stop him. He's going to until the, the last moment, you know, and it's and the, the action builds and builds and builds as he tries to get the arc back. And, you know, he's just so cut from movie stuff uh, marble, you know, <laughs> yes. like he's carved out of all the great heroes of Hollywood. So you just like extra want him to get his goal, and he, you want him to go through all the minefields to get there.
2: I mean, here's what I think works, though. That and why he's, gonna. People, he's just like, making this up as he goes. Why? It, well, that's I think that's <laughs> well, why, the human thing. Yeah. That's why people love him so much. Is like, I think it would have been easy for for Harrison Ford to come in and just be like, Oh, "I'm going to be Han Solo again. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to I'm mm-hmm. just going to play Han Solo. That's going to be my type. I'm going to be, you know." An old school 50 star, and every guy I play is the same because I'm Harrison Ford. Yeah. And that's not what, you know, I've never been with people that's just like, oh, Hansel and, and, and Indiana Jones is the same character. They're not the same character. Yeah. What I think people love about this character is that he is, I mean, you know, he's in incredible shape, obviously. And he's smart, but he's not, like, invincible, and he doesn't want to fight anybody. Like, Han Solo. (laughs) Han Solo's the guy that runs into a fight with his blaster, and he's just like, (laughs) I'm going to take take on the Empire by myself, Uh and I can do it because I'm Han Solo. (laughs) And Indiana Jones is like, I don't want (sighs) to...
0: I don't want to. Yeah, this guy. He, he does that very thing on the plane. <laughs> right? Let's go, America. And he's like, like
2: I don't want to, like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. I just, you just let me dig in the ground and let me get the thing and go home. And it's, it, he he plays that so well. He's not some like macho guy. That's yeah. He's like, you know, he's not Captain America. He's just like, I don't want the Nazis to win, so I guess I'll go get this thing, but I don't want to. Like, I want to. It belongs teach. in the museum. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want to protect these things. And it's the, his frustration. Over the whole movie, that's why the whole—I'm sure we'll talk about it—but the whole <laughs> having to do <laughs> the improvisation with the sword guy works so well for the character because She's you like, believe that Indiana Jones would just be like, "I'm just gonna shoot this guy. <laughs> I don't want to. F- I don't want to fight anymore." And that's what I love about the character. And I think that's why people love him is because he is a superman, but also he's relatable in the sense that, like, I would probably act the same way in that situation. Like, I don't want to have to do all this stuff, but then again, I don't like Hitler. So <laughs> I'm gonna do it
1: well i've I've always taken the word superhero and in certain cases put a space in between the two words. This is a super. Hero. Yeah. Like he is extra heroic. He's extra going to save the day. If Marion's in trouble, he's extra going to get her back. He's, you know, he's more than your regular hero. But the humanity thing, I love that when he fights the bald guy, who he's clearly outmatched from, it, it, yeah. that he tries to throw dirt in his face, tries to kick him in the balls. Try,
2: yeah. like, like every a, dirty chick in the every book.
1: Every dirty chick in the book. And you're like, wow, this is Han Solo. <laughs> it's just a whole different version. That is just so unique, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Ford
0: himself was quoted as saying he wanted to play him as academic. Academic first, adventurer second. Uh, yeah, to, to your point about yeah. his smart.
1: Yeah, we forget he's a school teacher, and I'll talk about all this action. What a great foundation for the character! And you're just dropped into after the initial adventure in this, like, and hey, now we're at a school. Yeah, and he's talking, and you're like, oh, archaeology. I'm like, I don't know if I knew the word archaeology before this. I was like, the hero's an archaeologist. What is that?
2: <laughs> and I love that his stu- that's one of the things that early on is like, and I think that goes to the brilliance of the script is you're introduced with this huge action sequence and the boulder and the yeah. thing and the flying in the plane. And then you cut to the classroom with students that don't care. Like I mean the girls <laughs> right. have a crush on them, but everyone else is like, oh whatever. Like my if you were archaeology he... professor, Doctor Jones.
0: Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. If you're there it'd be like, Do you know who, what he uh, just did, I, how I, we spent the weekend? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's so, amazing, yeah. <laughs> so let's do a timeline of how this goes. Nineteen seventy three Lucas gets the idea and he bases it on uh, old serials as I think we all know. Yeah. And he shares it with Philip Kaufman. 1975 right the right stuff, about then. Yes. Oh, which, wait a minute. Let me jump ahead to, just because it needs to be said, the rogues gallery of legends well, I know. who this made is... this movie. Okay. So you got Ford, Spielberg, Lucas, Lawrence Kasdan, Philip Kaufman Jeez. working on the story. Frank Marshall, John Williams in the London Symphony Orchestra. Jeez. Michael Kahn editing. Ralph McQuarrie, Drew Struzan, Ben Burt, Kevin O'Connell, sixteen-time you know sound nominee and winner of uh, an Academy Award. Richard Edlin, Vic Armstrong, legendary stunt guy. Kathleen Kennedy was at time. Spielberg's assistant, Leslie Dilley, uh, doing the uh, production design. Joe Johnston was in there storyboarding. And Deborah Noodleman created the iconic look of Indiana Jones. So this, like, is a just all-star game making a movie.
1: And I'll add one more name to it, the original drawings of Indiana Jones just based on the idea of who he was. I think that's Jim Steranko, the old it creator is. of uh, Nick Correct. Fury.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the, 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 the Marvel guy they brought in, which is interesting yeah. because Ralph McQuarrie didn't work on too much. I think he drew the arc being open in the giant Bible. Oh, but okay, other, Otherwise, it was, yeah. Yeah, otherwise yeah. it was that guy. Yeah, otherwise, it was that guy. So anyway, Kaufman comes in, suggests the arc be the big prize of the movie, and also took out Jones as a nightclub patron and womanizer, which is something they were wanting to go more bond with him. Right. And that all got changed when got with, by Kaufman and later by Kasdan. Good move.
1: Which is what makes you not have to apologize for anything in this movie. If one of the students, because that's the scene that's cut, when Marcus Brody comes over, supposedly one of his students was there, and she left as they started to talk. If that was still in there, you'd be like, all right, well, there's one thing that's a little, uh, (laughs) you
2: know, it's gone. (laughs) Well, there's one tiny thing. We'll get to it. Oh, okay. Marion. There's a question about oh, the timing, but we'll yeah. get to that. After. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: right, 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 right. <laughs> no, we right. can talk about that now because they say that we, I was a child. Well, it's not like so. it's not addressed. It was yeah, wrong yeah. and you
2: knew it. Exactly.
1: Yeah, so But it's the one young. thing you
2: kind of have to go like, well. Okay, but hold okay. on, hold on. It was set on. In, the f- it's set in the 30s, I guess. I don't know. But hold
1: on. <laughs> wrong is doing a lot of heavy lifting because wrong, she can be 18, but yes, he's older exactly. and playing with the emotions of someone who is of legal age. That's also wrong.
2: Yes, we all was, go to, I mean, listen, the darkest been, place
1: imaginable. That's on us a little bit.
2: <laughs> as long as you don't hear about the original story pitches for the movie, then we can just ignore it and move <laughs> we, on. <laughs> which which we don't
1: discuss that they out discussed quite a bit. That
2: in but, length and it did not okay. end up where we. Which might we don't in the film. Yeah.
1: Okay, but I want to say that too much research ruins a movie. I only talk about movies from minute one to minute one twenty. You know, if you go do internet research and find out somebody's a shithead, that is on you because the movie didn't give any of that. It's just a movie, you know. Yes, (laughs) all
0: that talk about the story gets worked out with Kaufman, and Kaufman might have directed, but I didn't know this. He wrote the outlaw Josie Wales. I was unaware of that, and so he went to work on that with Eastwood, and so Spielberg joins the project. This is crazy, right? So. Lucas makes Star Wars, runs to Hawaii because he doesn't want to be around for any of the response. And he's there with Spielberg. They talk about making this. And so, of course, then on the set of this, Melissa Matheson and him start working on something because she yep. came to visit her husband, Harrison Ford. They start making E.T. It's like one thing to the wow. next of a, yeah. of a, all this what I call genius incest of the 70s <laughs> and 80s. So eventually Kasdan's brought on to fill in the gaps between things like that were established, like the boulder, the monkey in Cairo, and to- to- I guess his name is Todd. Is it Todd?
1: Well, that makes sense. That's an Egyptian sounding name. It's a German or I said tote. I did too because that's how. Look, but I
0: guess the German word for death. Oh,
1: interesting. So anyway, Spielberg right, the wanted the Todd action figure. Anybody else? Anybody else? I <laughs> want the Todd candle. Yeah. That's what I want. Oh, you almost got that for your birthday a couple years ago. I and know. then they closed down the Alamo cuz that's where they sold it. I was it was close to your birthday. We went there. Oh. I was like <gasps> I was like, "Oh, I got to get that for Paul's cake." And then the pandemic came and then that Oh, uh, right, 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 right. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, we went to see uh, You almost got that we'll one. Yeah. I remember the Alamo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, you do. <laughs>
0: Uh, this is just for me, but Lucas, uh, you know, he's in love with the old serials, and that's what we base this on, yeah. including one called Don Winslow of the Navy. Love it. Oh. Do, you,
1: do, do you love. Uh, uh, oh. oh, what a great title. Okay, the title. Oh, don't I don't. Know the I don't show. I, no, I haven't seen Don. It's the greatest title ever <laughs> Don, Don, Winslow, Don Winslow of the Don. Navy. Don Winslow, Winslow, Don, <laughs> Don Winslow, Don <laughs> Winslow of the Navy.
0: Quick, get the hero,
1: Don. Don.
0: That's, that's the best.
1: <laughs> Quick, get <laughs>
2: Don. Get Don. <laughs> Where's Don? Don Winslow of the Navy. Don, get him in here right now. It's I, Don yes, Winslow, Mr. President.
1: Don Winslow of which branch of the Navy, sir? Ah, get me Don.
0: So into uh, so into the characters then. Um, Everybody, Winslow, Winslow. Oh, Sorry, Nobody Winslow else know of the Navy. Navy.
1: Uh, all right, well, speaking of time, he's our favorite
0: Don. <laughs> Don Winslow, I come to you
1: on a day I
2: forget. Oh
1: oh, I come to Don Winslow asking for forgiveness on the day of my daughter's wedding. Don Winslow, someday I will need a favor from you.
2: Actually, and on that day, I hope the battleship is under your control. Francis Ford Coppola actually loved it, too. They overdubbed Winslow with Corleone after they shot The Godfather. shot the they whole thought, thing as Winslow. They yeah. thought that Don Winslow was a little soft, so they went with Corleone. <laughs>
1: You'll face the wrath of Don Winslow. Don Winslow.
0: <laughs> Don Winslow, can you do me this favor?
2: That's Michael Winslow. Sorry, uh, Sonny and Michael Winslow, Sonny Winslow, Fredo Winslow, Fredo Winslow,
1: Fredo Winslow is the one that does Winslow. the sound effects. <laughs> you broke my heart. See,
0: I knew that would get. I knew that would get some wind. That's what a name for an old thing, but to think that that spawned. Raiders of the Yeah. Colorado,
1: well I mean it's it's also funny that like the the serial thing with Star Wars like the Flash Gordon thing such an interesting doubling down on serial style storytelling again and really mastering it in yeah. terms of like you could cut this movie into 20 minute chunks and go how's Indiana Jones going to get out of this one yep. and it's really elegantly <laughs>
0: done <laughs> <laughs> when last <we'd- laughs>
1: yeah. you are the Michael Winslow of, <laughs> the, the, show. of the show that's true <laughs> I guess I'm the Tackleberry.
0: Uh, let me tell you something, as I always bring this up. I'm the show your Tackleberry. You're probably tired of hearing me saying this all the time, too. But, <laughs> you know, when a movie looks cheap and lame and uses too much CGI, I go, for Christ's sake, go out there and get dysentery. <laughs> That's what they did in this movie. They went yep. to Tunisia for the love of God. Even the fourth one, when when Kate Blanchett, as Indy, captured early in the film, they're clearly on a set in front of the whatever hangars where they eventually find them. Are
2: you saying that that jungle was not
0: real? <laughs> it's, go get dysentery. <laughs> so one of the great things about Raiders is the locations. Yeah. Elstree Studios, of course, yes, they built the, the Peruvian... Uh, cave from the beginning of the movie there. But France, Tunisia and Hawaii. And it shows it looks so good. And and they still didn't go over budget, you know, so it can be done,
2: people. Get on a plane. Leave Burbank <laughs> and get on and a break in plane. Those with the whatever what is that? The system now? What is that called? The new green oh, screen the, the stage? Volume. The volume?
1: Yes. The content. <laughs> oh yeah. In, in El Segundo, that one? Yeah. Get by the, on a freaking plane.
2: By the way, you know,
1: you've mentioned the budget twice. One of my favorite things about this is Spielberg, you didn't direct one movie and then get your Marvel movie back then, right? You did one movie and then Hollywood said, eh, you're probably lucky. You're probably not yeah. worth it. You're probably not any good at this actually still because there's this entrenched system. So he does Jaws and they go, well, this is mm. the most amazing movie of all time. He does 1941 and they go, told you. See, mm-hmm. guy's not worth it. Or Close Encounters, it's you know doesn't make a bunch of money or whatever. So for Raiders, it was like, no, we're we're cutting you off, Steven Spielberg. You go over budget, over time. This is all you're getting for it. And that's why they made such a down and dirty eh, eh, movie. And also, I love Spielberg with something to prove. When you watch a movie like Duel, Jaws, Raiders, where he's got something to prove, it's a sight to behold.
2: I felt with Ready Player One. Oh my it was god! Spielberg saying. I am here to prove that I can still make yep. a crazy, like, big adventure, like, all kinds of, like, I, and, I, and I was skeptical because it had been a while. So yeah. I was like, I don't know, Steven Spielberg has it anymore. But, like, I watched Ready Play One. I'm like, yep, nope, he can still do it. Yeah, yeah. He's yep.
1: like, I'm going to dig myself into a pit, and I'm going to watch me get out of this filmmaking pit. Yeah. This is, there's no film too hard for me to make. I'm Steven G.D. Spielberg.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and West Side Story was another West Side Story. I was so skeptical. I was like. I don't care if it's Steven Spielberg. Nobody can remake this movie. And I watched it and I was like... Well, okay. He's Steven Spielberg. Can he
0: do a musical? Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah,
2: Yes, he can. He can yeah. Not only can he do a musical, he can rival one of the greatest movie musicals ever made with his version of it. I think it's a discussion. Honestly. And
1: it's not lost on him that that is the mountain he has to climb for that. I think sometimes critics go, well, what he doesn't know is that you shouldn't remake the original, you know, or whatever. Right. Or What he doesn't <laughs> know is that the Lincoln... Hubris. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet he doesn't know that Lincoln's a very tough character. You know, whatever. But it's never lost on him. That's exactly the challenge. He always wants to climb a mountain.
2: Yeah. yeah, much like Indiana
1: Jones. Hey, well, that's why Frank Marshall
0: and Howard Kazanjian were brought on board because apparently they were very meticulous about budget yeah. because Spielberg had been going over and Lucas had been fighting for every dollar for everything that he had made previously. Yeah, also not trusted by Holloway. Like, yeah, okay, we'll see. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how about this? <laughs> You'll appreciate this then. So Michael Eisner was running Paramount at the time. Oh. Mandates an 85-day shoot. So Spielberg says, We'll do seventy-three. And they did. <laughs> wow. wow. So he self-mandated that to make sure he didn't.
1: And that's screw right. It up. It's just so, you know, you just feel dropped into those scenes. It's so visceral because Spielberg had to be creative in a quicker amount of time with less fussing about things. So you really are watching much more than a lot of Spielberg films the very idea he had at that moment, because they wouldn't have that many takes or, you know, and yet they're trying to achieve action on a level that has never been seen. Before and really for many, many, many years until like the current era, nothing can beat the incredible, like trying to accomplish this much action, modern action, what we would call modern action now. It just, in 1981. I mean, that's, that's another hill that he set himself up to climb. Of like, yeah, this is 10 times as much action as you'd find in any other action movie. When you think about James Bond movies at the time, what's the 1981 James Bond movie, which would be the, the height of action at the time?
2: Are you saying For Your Eyes Only was not an action thrill ride? It was
1: an action thrill <laughs> ride, but look at compared to Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, but of course, they're besought. With problems, as all productions are. Uh,
1: Making movies is impossible. (laughs) God hates them to be made, and He will try and destroy you. And if you can make it through that, then you're a filmmaker. (laughs) There's a Tunisian
0: city sitting in for Cairo. They they lost a day of filming because they had to remove about 300 TV antennas
1: from the rooftops. Now, that's the thing. People complain about CGI, but. That would have been nice back then. It would have been nice to to just delete (laughs) them,
2: just erase them in post. Yeah. People are talking about like. That's what CGI, by the way, is for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's to do impossible things, not (laughs) to substitute for a four-wall set. (laughs) Well, a
0: plane did roll over Harrison Ford's knee, But you know he wrapped it up and kept going. Jeez, what is with him and his knees? Well, that's the thing. So that's what you always say about Force Awakens. You're like, well, here we had the practical door, now we have to stop production. Now we have to. that. hope you're happy. No
1: CGI door. You'll love how realistic the door is. They took us out of production for a month. (laughs) Oh, that door is so realistic. God forbid that door should be CGI and Harrison Ford keeps shooting that day.
0: And there was a plane crash when the Ford uh, was, I guess, hanging on the wing or a stuntman or somebody. I thought you were
2: going to say flying the plane. <laughs> and it hit
0: the- well, that's the thing, it's just like his first plane crash. So we can also mark oh. this as a historic event. Oh, wow. A uh, leg was hitting the wing flap, and it was only about 20 feet up, but it had to come back down again, oh. unexpectedly. Because so it
2: wasn't a bad plane crash. No, but okay. it was his first, so hey, mark the date. Ain't hey, so bad, kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we always talk about the golf course. I wish I was golfing oh, when he landed, because he comes out of that thing like, is there a hospital around here? You're like, oh, oh my Jesus. god! Wait, Mind wait. If I play you through tell me, where this hospital,
2: is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, first of all, <laughs> just the one liner What's that? Mind if I play through? <laughs> you know, he had a good this one line. Walks in away there. from a crash. <laughs>
1: By the way, if you live next to the golf course, a plane crashing on the golf course would be a story you would tell for the rest of your yes. life already. Yes, like, right. oh, my God, a plane is crashing the golf course? Seeing Harrison Ford get out of that plane <laughs> is a whole other what level. What was that
2: moment like? Like, you're oh on the God. golf course, a plane, like, oh, my God, a plane crash, and you're, like, running towards it, and you see a figure emerging, and you're like, well, is, is that Harrison Ford? Why is that Harrison Well, I also Ford? think... Are they shooting a movie? Did I?
1: <laughs> I also think, oh, well, he's got this, right? I don't know. Right. I don't need my help. In my mind, I imagine him e- emerging from the cockpit in the perfectly torn shirt, just putting out a fire <laughs> on his sleeve with just smoke coming off, yeah. and, and then saying that line. Anyone got a hospital around here?
0: Or, or, yeah. Well, here's a weird one Stanley Kubrick's daughter visits the set and calls the Royal uh, SPCA about the treatment of the snakes. Ooh. What? I lost him some a time on
1: set as well. Wow. And that was Kubrick's daughter? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, help out. Uh, he's a friend. Let's bring her down. And then she, like, wrecks Are they per- shooting The Shining at the same studio? Yeah, I'm, so I'm sure, assuming, right? The they, they did Elstree yeah. or Leavesden? The or fact, no
0: the Well of Souls is exactly where they shot the Overlook.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, just a different okay. time. And it was haunted by the ghost of Kubrick's <laughs> ASPCA daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> she stuck around. <laughs> the opening mountain from the Paramount logo into the mountain yeah. uh, it was in Hawaii. Kauai, specifically, where I've been. Ah. And I didn't go <gasps> to see. Got this mountain. You didn't find what the Raiders' mountain.
1: That? What you f- probably did forgot. Well, but the field—the field that he runs out with all the dust coming, being chased by the Hovitos—that's the same field from Jurassic Park, I believe, because you can oh. see like a fork tree. Oh yeah, that's the uh, the Gallimimus uh, run. I think is the same field as the Indiana Jones running away from the Hovitos. I
0: got to go back to Kauai. Yeah, For some you reason, did. I was just admiring the waterfalls. of his Movie locations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that
0: changed when I went to Death Valley. I went to that place is Tatooine as hell. All right. Oh. Oh, and this is a mystery. I always wondered when Marion and Indy step out of the Well of Souls, they push the stone out,
1: mm-hmm. there's a dude there. Yeah, and I thought I that? never caught that for years. Yeah, there's a
0: guy there. I'm like, well, he's just some drunk or something. But they wouldn't have a drunk at the Nazi base. And then I thought, well, it was a fight they cut. Uh, apparently, it was a guy who saw people emerge from the, the wall and he fainted at the sight of he thought how amazing were. that was. <laughs> and then they said, that's too goofy. And thankfully, yes, it is yeah. too goofy. <laughs> Don't do- Keep the stakes real, and we'll have fun when he gets in the fight and he has to do things like, uh, you yeah. Kick him in the balls and throw right. sand. him. that's the fun we could have within the confines of the stage. Right.
1: I didn't catch that guy for years, and of course I realize now it's because I watched that movie Square at home. Yes. And I wouldn't remember from the theater, but the movie was Square. Yeah. They, that guy isn't in any VHS copy until I get Blu ray and I'm like, or DVD, and I'm like, oh, look at that. There's a guy
2: there. It's like when you watch Ghostbusters uh, when they walk into the hotel. I watch I'm like, oh, there's three of them in this scene. <laughs> <Because> oh, right. <laughs> because the yeah. scan, you get like Stance and Spengler. And yeah. it's like, oh, no, they're all there. Yeah, I've missed one-third of the movie my entire life. They cut Winston out, by the way. We, oh, we checked. Like, when they're going up the stairs towards Zool at the end, they cut Winston out of the shot. Because, wow. of course, they did.
1: That's a topic we'll no longer have to talk about. Racist pan and scan. Exactly.
2: Racist. <laughs> <laughs> not but a modern the inherent topic, racism anyway. of pan and the scan.
1: inherent racism, <laughs> of course, proven by the four of them entering. Uh, Clearly racism. in a shot of ragtime, they've not only
0: <laughs> expanded, but ever, ever these gonna zoom- gonna in <laughs> paper would <which laughs> be the it's just James he he had there. Sure. Was a whole <laughs> courtroom there. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there's so much to talk about with this movie. What else should I talk about? Ford did the boulder run ten times. It weighed 300 pounds. So he was doing a no joke uh, stunt there. He right, makes it through
1: that and then gets run over by a plane.
2: <laughs> I always worry about the guy at the stunt show. Because I'm worried he actually yeah. does get run over. I'm like, I'm like, he's going to pop up, right? Even though I've seen the thing probably five times. And I know if but he's... But every time he falls in front of the boulder, I'm like, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And they, they left Got that me in. again, Disney. Yeah. So how did Ben Burt make the sounds of snakes slithering? <gasps> <gasps> I don't know this one. I know the boulder. Well, you won't get it. He, uh, <laughs> he, he runs his hands through cheese casserole or uses wet sponges being dragged across grip tape.
1: Oh, wow. I love fully slither. stuff oh, well, let me, like that. Let me keep
0: going then. Yeah. The rolling boulder is a Honda Civic driving down a gravel hill.
1: Yeah, that's the one I heard. The
0: Ark spirits flying around once the Ark is opened. Sea lions and dolphins filtered through a vocoder.
1: Ooh, wow. Oh man, yeah. Ben Burt with the vocoder and the the, the THX. I go back to the old Ford Fiesta where I compared the THX, the sound. Well, actually, no, that's Walter Murch, but same sort of school of of sound effects. That vocoder thing that they would they would put in there, and then all the the sound of the Red Five, you know, all that stuff is is got that same thing. They I, love that.
2: I'd love to be the guy back in nineteen probably seventy six. That's like in Northern California, wherever they were doing the sound for Star Wars. That yeah. Was like, looking across the street at some nerd with a headset on, (laughs) tapping power lines like, what the hell is that guy doing? Like, he's he's crazy and little do they know he's making, like, the soundtrack to the 20th century.
1: Right? I know. Yeah. Let me stick a microphone down this uh, scuba tank. (laughs) Yeah. What are you doing? The
0: legendary punch is hitting a pile of leather jackets with a baseball bat. That sounds about right. Do it, Paul.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Weep, beep, boop, boop. Well, anyway. Winslow, Winslow, <laughs> Michael, yeah. Winslow of the Navy, of the police. <laughs> uh, an interesting fact: the whip crack is Ford using his whip. They just wow. recorded it. He was good with fun. that thing. When you watch behind-the-scenes stuff, yeah, so yeah. awesome. And he's like got actors like ten feet away from him, and he's like, you know, and able to snap it right at him and not kill him.
0: Amazing. Uh, other fun facts: Terry Richards, the swordsman, shot by Indy in Cairo. Uh, you're like, oh, his whole rehearsed the whole scene. You never get that. Don't feel bad. He worked in about a hundred projects, and this is where the facts get fun, including nine James Bond movies. Plus, he played the Wampa. Wow! <gasps> I knew I knew that name.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, you, know, you had to learn. It I, sure, I, I know
1: some of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Did he
2: Did he come back for the special edition, or did they have a different Wampa?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if he was alive. Oh, they shot that's all that right. new stuff. They shot the, new, the new stuff. New yeah, I don't think the same Wampa came yeah. back. Oh,
2: that's a shame. <laughs>
1: The APCA came in. It's like,
2: (laughs) Kubrick's daughter. Kubrick's daughter.
0: Hey. (laughs)
1: Hello.
0: Wampa treatment on set. This is
2: not Stanley Kubrick's daughter. I have information that a Wampa is being mistreated.
0: (laughs) Considered for Indiana Jones, Bill Murray, Mm. Nick Nolte, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, Tim Mm. Matheson.
1: Huh? What were Man- they going no. for? So
0: here's where they get a little better. By
1: the way, considering pulls a lot of weight in these sort of things, like I had a script that was Dustin Hoffman was considered for, and yeah. then they never talked yeah. to me again. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what do you think? Do you think Dustin Hoffman for Ed Bus? This is like a meeting we had for Schadenfred yeah. years ago. It's like, all right, all right, sure. Well <laughs> these make a little more sense. Michael Douglas? Uh,
0: Peter Coyote, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges.
1: Before. Oh, yeah, Jeff Bridges. Uh, or Tim Harry. Matheson. You had me there, too.
0: And, of course, Tom Selleck. Now, here's the part I didn't know before. Of course, he had to drop out because of his contract mustache. with Magnum P.I. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> Why didn't uh, they just CG uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <You know laughs> without he would, a mustache?
1: You know, even if they got him during a break in Magnum P.I., he wouldn't have been able to shave that.
2: He no. would be going right
1: back to Magnum P.I. We would have had a mustached Harrison Ford. Well, here's I, uh, the thing. Uh,
0: India Jones. He, he said he couldn't do it. They start shooting Raiders. There's a writer's strike. Magna Pi gets pushed off. He could have shot it. Ooh, no! Interesting. Isn't that crazy? well so at that point they were like, "This is what Internet says." I'm going with Internet. Yes. Yeah.
1: But come on, once you got Harrison Ford in the part, you're like, "Ah, sorry, I don't." You know, like a lot of people are like, "What were they even thinking?" Compared to Harrison Ford, I think they had that thought as soon as they started shooting with Harrison. The Ford
2: disrespect there. to Tom Selleck. Though. I know. Listen, he's this great. was 1980, he's probably. Mm-hmm. Right oh, around he's when they were rock, doing he's this a movie.
1: Almost a bigger rock Tom's, star. As Harrison yes, Ford. Tom
2: Selleck is a go- golden god at this time. Don't yeah. judge Tom Selleck by today's standards. No, <laughs> he no. was not Richard from Friends in nineteen eighty. Right, He was right. like one of the. Big, he was a big guy. Yeah. He was a big. He was a Pierce
1: Brosnan. He was yes. a Remington Steele. Yes. He was a big hottie. I didn't know there's an audition tape with it's him good. And Sean, Sean Young
0: and They're Sean Young.
1: Yeah, yeah. I did what I did. I don't expect you to be happy about it, but maybe it can do us both some good. Why start Just now? Just shut up. Shut up and
2: listen to me. I need that piece your father had. Has anybody almost had more parts than Sean Young? I
1: know, <laughs> you know, and I never knew that was her until he showed me that clip, and I go, "Oh, it's Sean Young again! That yeah, poor I girl! I mean, know what? She was so upset. She like almost had Batman. She broke her arm. She yep. what? She did have she, Batman. She was Vicky
2: Vale. She was Vicky Vale. They put her on a horse for a scene that wasn't even in the movie.
1: <sighs> yeah. yeah, I remember that. She yeah. broke her arm on a horse, and you're like, for what? Batman? Or the <laughs> horse
0: scene. <laughs> I'm curious to see if Sella could have pulled off the gravitas, though. Because even in the teen, he's like, Now, Marion, I need to get that piece. Yeah. I need to get the piece that you camera that gave are, you know, uh, you camera test take him out of TV or, mode yeah. and put him
2: into film yeah. after mode. You know. Right.
0: So the aftermath, well, Lucas eventually called it the film shoot he had the least problems with because of lack of <laughs> studio interference. Mm-hmm. If there's any running theme through all the shows we've done so far in the Ford Fiesta, it's studios trying to get in there and ruin everything very, that we love.
1: Studios are very different back then, too. Like, there was just this this mistrust that any of these young guys were gonna be worth a crap but they're already at this point directing Godfather and Jaws and you know and Star Wars and the studios are like eh whatever
2: I know. love that, actually those 70s guys like Coppola, Lucas oh, it, 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 like if you read anything about it it's like they were always it was like Smokey and the Banner to Cannonball Run like they were always on the run from the studios like, yeah. you know, th- put the camera in the trunk and, you know, come back here, you cretins with, the <laughs> yeah, cigars, the- the- with the- my stuff. movie. One step ahead of the executive.
1: Yeah, stealing <Exactly>. their prints. <laughs> like THX, I like want T- to make that. Yeah, like THX 1138 was going to be taken by the studios and recut and after the screening, they had a whole system to steal it out the back door. Like, there really was stuff like that going on. You know what the difference was?
2: It's that the producer, not all of them, but a a lot of the producers back then were not studio lackeys they were accomplices like you know Zanuck and Brown really? On Jaws, right they were the ones that were going to like you know MCA and being like I know I know it's over budget I know you don't think the kid can do it but like we're gonna like they would yeah, like yeah. now This the, a lot of the producers are just an extension of the executive
0: out to save their ass exactly and, st- and they're not to save their job s- instead of do their job
2: exactly they're not gonna sit there and fight like you know Frank Marshall yes he was there for budget but like ultimately the guy's gonna back Spielberg honestly. right he's He's not going to back, you know, uh, Paramount and And be like, we're shutting you down. And he's
1: the guy that knows how to say to the studio, look over here, look over here. Get out the back,
2: get out the back. Exactly. You know, that's what that guy knows. (laughs) Exactly. I think that's the difference with a lot of it is that these producers, they actually back the filmmakers and they would go to fight for the project, too. You don't get that
0: as much. I think we have Jason Blum. That's about it, probably, right? He's one Doing of them. Yeah. He's one of
2: them. Yeah.
0: And in the end, Paramount earns twenty-three million dollars after compromising with Lucas to get it done. Earned a hundred million more than on Golden Bond, and was still playing in theaters Take nearly every year <laughs>
2: So they, they <laughs> go to Hell, Catherine. <laughs> go to Hell. So what? You're t- telling me that movie? <laughs> yeah. Us again, that oh, bastard no, Spielberg. Now
1: who's the old poop bitch? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Unknown fact: Steven Spielberg hates the elderly. I'm Very happy yeah, to does. see this movie. No, so much better than on Golden Pond. <laughs> they
0: started developing Temple of Doom while Raiders was still in theaters because it was a year oh, later. Yeah. And Richard Amstel created the poster, which is legendary. Oh.
2: Amstel, yeah, yeah. I see that Drew Struzan is very active on Twitter, and yeah. a lot of times he'll do like a uh, he'll do a thing. Like, did I draw it or did I not? And he uh, like <laughs> he always gets people with Raiders because they're like, yeah, of course you did Raiders. He's like, nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah,
1: not the poster. And you nope. look at it, and, and my stepdad was an artist, and he knew Amstel's work before this <laughs> and, and was like, and pointed out, he's like, oh, this is this is Richard Amstel, and, yeah. and, and mentioned a lot of other stuff that Amstel did. But you look at it, and you see the sort of, uh, especially in Indiana Jones' face, there is a certain sort of colored pencil line yeah. or whatever on his face that Struzan doesn't do, because he does a lot more, like a little more like watercolor, sort of like yeah. wash or whatever. But yeah, I think they look very distinctly different, <laughs> the Raiders and for Versus uh, Temple of Doom. So in 2000, and I, I'm not
0: a fan of this, but I mean, I don't care, but I just don't think it's necessary. They make the movie Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Yeah, Ooh. that's... Uh, it's not I like... It, my,
0: my, Boo. My take on that is we don't say James Bond and the man with the golden gun. We no. just know it's a, a James Bond movie. Yeah. I think we would know this is an Indiana Jones movie
1: if we the just it The picture of
2: Indiana Jones on the cover kind of gives it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah, all right, we're all in agreement. And Raiders of the Lost Ark, very elegant title. Star Wars, very elegant title. Episode four, A New Hope. Star Wars, Episode four, A New Hope. Not an elegant title. No, no, yeah. no it, I call it Star Wars. It's it? Star Wars. Yeah. It's Star Wars.
0: Nominated for eight Oscars, tied for the third most behind Reds and On Golden Pond.
1: <laughs> what a time, huh?
0: <laughs> there, there you go. There's all your movies you want to see. It wins for art direction, film editing, Michael Kahn, sound, visual effects.
1: Oh, a Michael Kahn, special... the editor of Black Belt Jones. Sorry, I'm working on a project in which I just had <laughs> to watch right. Black Belt Jones. Oh, is that he, right? He, in fact, edited. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> worked a lot of low-budget stuff earlier.
0: Uh, and there's a special award for sound editing with Ben Burt and Richard uh, and L. And Anderson. Oh, that's
2: right. That's before they made it an actual category. There was this weird time in the 70s and 80s it's with visual now. effects and sound where they were like, special achievements. and then Special like, achievements. Okay, yeah. fine, we'll give you a, a real yeah.
1: Oscar for it. It's only going to be around for this one movie, so special achievement. Yeah. Special gonna effects keep, aren't going to be popular. They're not going to keep
2: doing visual effects, no, right? No, 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 Just give them a special achievement.
1: This is kind of a crazy thing, like a mask yeah. in uh, American Werewolf in London. Give, yeah. them a little, give them a little nod. Exactly. <laughs> they
0: can only give so many special Oscars to Pixar <laughs> before they develop a best animated <laughs> exactly. film category. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, and it, But they lost Picture to Chariots of Fire, which I still haven't seen for this very reason. No, because sure it's,
1: it's not an epic classic. Nobody... Nobody... Watches Chariots of Fire the of Fire. least rewatched movie of all time
0: great music <laughs> and the score then at one score over Williams though. Yeah, I love They're I jealous over John Williams.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean and then Vittorio or as John Kaiser calls him Vittorio Storario Vittorio uh, <laughs> Cinematography over Douglas no light meter slocum slocum yeah. for uh, Wow reds no light meter and Jeez. Golden Globes uh, give only a Best Director nomination to Spielberg, and I see why they're not around anymore. And Williams <laughs> that's won. Exactly <laughs> that's exactly why. That's exactly why. It's because they did not
2: nominate Steven Spielberg <laughs> for but You get karma. It might yeah. take a
1: while, but it'll get there. Williams
0: won a Grammy for the score, and Lucas holds a Guinness World Record for box office as a screenwriter. Not just because of this, because of his body of work, but that's part of it and the critic, because he also
1: wrote Radio Land Murders yeah put him over
2: the top Red Tails Red Tails Red Tails put him over the, the top the
0: critics got on the right side of history with this one too the National Board of Review and Vincent Camby had on their top ten list Hollywood Reporter Variety Siskel and Ebert Time. Guess who gave it a bad review? There's two you're going to you Oh, oh guess. okay. All right. Hold but, on. Uh, Pauline Kale? Correctamundo. Yeah.
1: Okay. I Well, and the other one's got to be Rex Reed. Rex, Reed, Rex
2: but Reed. I don't know what. I
0: don't
1: the, know. I mean, is. the worst critic of all time. If you don't like any movie, then what are you even doing? This is why I say <laughs> I'm a people, car critic. I don't like any cars.
2: When people don't <laughs> Ooh, like. What an authority. When I talk about critics, I always talk about the fact that, like, Pauline Kale and Roger Ebert, too have written some of the reviews that I agree with the absolute least. I'm yeah. like, your point of view is utterly, un- like, I cannot relate to it, and yet they are some of the best critics of all time. Right, and right. That, because that's how critics work. Like, even if you disagree mm-hmm. with them, yeah, but you could still be good at your job. That's yep. how it
0: works. But she really doesn't like a lot. Like, she should just be in a different She business.
2: had a very unique point of view.
0: I can feel Ebert's love of movies. Pauline Kael just... I don't understand why she did that, what she One did. One of
2: my favorite jokes in The Critic was this: it's something like, I think it was like Pauline Kale. was like, oh, look over there, it's Pauline Kale. And this, like, <laughs> <laughs> sound effect just like came in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here's what she said: Lucas and Spielberg were more marketeers, creating a film that would appeal to a broad audience.
1: Oh, Problem with that oh, would be boy. what? Yeah, at the time, yeah. you're like, it's no coming home, because that didn't appeal to, that appealed to so few people, that was so, depre- you know, whatever, like, the depressing movie of the time.
0: Ebert said the truck chase surpassed action sequences in Bullet, The French Connection, and yeah. uh, Lucas eventually named a villain in Willow after Kale. Ironically played by Pat Roach, your hmm. bald, tough guy oh, from Raiders.
2: Oh, right, yeah. So, yeah. I, was, I was just talking about, I saw a movie that uh, <clears throat> Ebert didn't like, The Thing. Yeah. He hated The Thing. Ugh. He hated carpenters. It. The thing, yeah. He wow. said it was disgusting. It was the most revolting movie he'd ever seen. These characters were terrible. It was just a cheap action. It was just a cheap horror movie about jump scares. Completely empty of blah blah blah. And it's just like, see, like. You don't have to agree with them. Like yeah. I agree, I disagree wholeheartedly. But like he hated it. And Siskel was like, "Oh, I, don't know. I think it's pretty good."
0: Yeah. Talking more about the legacy, it becomes the <laughs> biggest selling VHS of all time. Books depict other adventures. But there seems there's no end. You know, a unicorn horn. Indy's looking for the staff of Moses, the Tower of Babel, Atlantis, Noah's Ark. I have no idea what the new films plot that, devices. Very exciting. It doesn't sound like it's any of this stuff. You know, nothing's leaked out. They've talked about the Fountain of Youth for years. I mean, I'm curious to Not, see. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Not killing Harrison Ford. I believe it's the number one mission <laughs> of the New Indiana I think, Jones they, did it. I think they did it. It like, seems I like they might have done it. I
0: don't think <laughs> they can kill him in post. No. So I think that's good. <laughs> it looks like they were shooting in New York because it seems like every movie is a different continent. Right? We yeah. had uh, <clears throat> Asia or we had oh, uh, yeah. Europe for Last Crusade. And yeah. So this
1: one could go oh, yeah. who knows
0: where this one goes. So, I just love done. that they
1: cover a different decade each time, too. That this one <laughs> takes place in the 60s, at least partially in New York. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But I, it would be cool if some of the adventures Indiana Jones in the City. You know, I mean, I love when sequels to movies kind of flop the premise of like, oh, he's always in the woods or whatever. I'm like, well, what do we take that and put it in the, the city, you know? That's I would
2: love it if they announced the title and it was like a babe... Babe 2 situations Like Indiana Jones 5 Indy in the city Indy in the city <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well
2: that's why
0: uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife Finally worked Because yeah. I mean I really wish That they had gone Somewhere other than New York With the Ghostbusters 2016 oh, that's a, <laughs> Exactly the, And so by the time they Let's take it to The countryside Alright yeah. something different
1: I think people Really absorbed it Yeah
0: anyone have Raiders of a Lost Ark for Atari 2600?
1: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Brief side story here. Atari 2600 was not just popular amongst kids. It was popular amongst adults. My parents, there were significant times where we could not play Atari because all of my parents' <laughs> friends were over playing hockey or whatever, uh, and the kids would have to go play their own games because the adults are playing their Atari 2600. My mom had the schedule of a modern day gamer with that game. That game was so hard. Do you know do you know the game?
2: I I did not have a, I did not spend a lot of time with Atari. No, 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 yeah. baby, That's, I'm a Nintendo baby. If I'm not mistaken.
0: You're a dot running between lines, trying to get another dot.
2: <laughs> no, you look. Yeah, you're thinking of <laughs> every adventure. Atari you're game ever.
1: Think, <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of adventure. Oh, how adventurous it was. No, he actually looked like a little Indiana Jones guy. No, he added a hat and everything? But okay. the amount of complexity on how to get from one thing to another, and you had to do this and grab this, and you had a a satchel like you would in, in you know modern games right now. You know, like you would have to carry all these things. And you have to go get that and you. So here's the thing in 1982. I think that's when we got our Atari or 83 even Mom had to call Atari to figure out how right. to get it because in the map room you go in the map room You go in the thing and if you're a little bit off and the Sun rises because it goes And the Sun rises yeah. you have to switch to your thing to this the raw Which she had to figure out how to get to begin with the Sun comes up and and then at that moment, you have to go to the right, and it drops you off a thing. and you, but, but, but it's like, you could never figure that out on your own. But my mom what got a, the arc.
2: What a job. <laughs> yeah. What a job to have. <laughs> she <laughs> would just this go on Bob. the internet and see how it was done? Nope. <laughs> Did not. I got a housewife on three. Uh, I can't get through Right of the Lost <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> that your a housewife. You. <laughs> that's yeah, funny. Got we got a, five uh, other housewives on hold. Yeah, I got a six-year-old on three, stuck on E.T. <laughs> uh, just tell him to scrap it. Tell him to throw the game yeah, right? away. <laughs> tell oh, them yeah. it's not worth it. Don't waste your that time. That one was not accurate.
1: worth calling
2: Atari for. No. That was like, but. Just don't bother.
0: What are your thoughts, Dan, on the Big Bang Theory's idea that India accomplishes nothing in the film? Have you
2: heard no, of I, I don't like this is the, the idea this theory that right. just like Indiana Jones is a passive observer in the film that he doesn't actually Do anything like mm. I disagree wholeheartedly with yeah. that because it's like first of all, it's not it's about the journey so right. First of all like yeah, he, watch movies it, wrong. He finds the arc first of the, the Nazis would never have found They're the digging arc. in the wrong place They're digging in the ah, wrong place okay. so uh, fine if you want a movie that's about a Nazi expedition in the desert that doesn't turn up anything. Congratulations. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark is unnecessary. You like, solved all the, the problems. It's adventure. Answer. That's the point of the movie. The, I hate. I, I've I've done this before this idea of you know I think because I work for Honest Trailers people are like they think that I'm one of these guys that's like n- like t- takes a movie apart and it's like if all these little pieces don't fit together in a 100% logical way then it's right. a bad movie like no yeah, yeah. that's not how it's supposed to work Indiana Jones works because it's an adventure mm-hmm. and if Indiana Jones hadn't found The Raider the Lost Ark then there'd be no movie <laughs> it would be the most boring piece of crap ever it'd be Indiana Jones is in a classroom and the Nazis are digging in the sand yeah. That's not a very good movie. So (laughs) the movie works because the sequences work together. It's about the characters. It's about the journey. And the great thing about this character is that he is constantly having to react to whatever crazy thing happens around him. He just wants to go home. He would have loved to dig up the ark, put it in a box, go home. He makes class on Tuesday, but then the Nazis find it. Great. Well, now I got to deal with this. And so like one of the things that I love is that he doesn't blow up the ark because he is at his heart. He's an archeologist, even if it means yeah, the Nazis win.
0: This I can't history.
2: blow up this piece of
0: history. Yeah, I
2: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah right, right, that was great. I, I hate that movement of just like I'm going to break down the plot of every movie, and if everything right, doesn't make 100% logical right. sense, no movie makes logical sense. That's why they're movies. It's not to say that you should just like completely abandon logic and just make a story that's all full of like completely unreason. It just means that like you have to you have to understand at a micro level that these are movies. <laughs> the film is
0: selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the U.S. Library of Congress in 1999. Damn right. And uh, <laughs> what took him so long? Damn. <laughs> to your point of something you mentioned earlier, John Reese Davies alone has said he's met 150 people plus who have gone on to become lecturers, professors, and archaeologists because of this movie. So it did have an effect of oh.
1: glamorizing that, making it's, it's it look... It's what all the president's exciting. men was to journalism, this was to archaeology. Yeah. yeah. Steven
2: Spielberg inspired a whole generation of paleontologists, archaeologists, and yeah, fishermen. I don't know.
1: To realize it's not as exciting as you thought. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: Someone collecting a pension right now, like, I never went on a quest for the Holy Grail. When have I done with my life? <laughs> I let Indiana Jones convince me.
0: I got a couple more things to cover, but final thoughts? Dan?
2: I mean, it's just a great movie. It's rare that you get a movie that will give you a high, a movie high like Indiana Jones. And it is filmmaking down to its DNA, purest form. There's some movies that you can show, I'll, you can show Raiders in 40 years and still say to a modern audience and to modern filmmakers, this is how you make a movie. This yeah. is what a good yeah. movie is. There's there's very few movies this that This is are like how that. they work. This is how they work, and it's, like, it's, it's because it was written, it was made, and by people that know how movies work. Steven Spielberg knows how movies work. Filmmaking <laughs> down to its basics. Yeah. And, and I and say that's they that's also
0: benefited that. from being a 1981 film. It doesn't take place in 1981, so mm-hmm. it's not forever mired in the 80s like On Golden Pond, for example, yeah. which looks super dated with the haircuts and yeah, the, that's, uh, why por- that's why Porky <laughs> the still works. People forget that's a 50s it's movie. Well,
2: <laughs> and because so much of it was done practically, Does <laughs> it doesn't look out of date from an effects standpoint. Correct. Even the stuff with the arc because it's like it's one specific sequence and even the effects that they're doing are mostly opticals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, You know, it's still practical elements. I mean, you're actually melting a, a yeah. face at the end. You're actually blowing up a head at the end. You're
1: figuring out how to solve that problem. How right. do we make a, a face melt? Because in the computer, the problem is solved already. You just have to execute.
2: So even that doesn't look particularly dated. It's in the style of the movie. So I just think it's one of those movies. It's, it's timeless.
0: And Spielberg said that he liked looking at the dailies to know if the was Worked yeah, like immediately because you don't have you know?
2: to give it off to the lab, and then two weeks before the movie's out, you're like, Wah. "How was that
0: shot?" We'll let you know in three days. So here's a quick plug before I go. Also, uh, watch on YouTube or listen to anywhere you get podcasts. Countdown to nine. This is a show that Sean Blodgett and I covered back in 2019. We did a move. We did a show every month covering a different Star Wars movie. 1 through 8 until episode 9 came out. And all the other stuff in between as well, the Rogue One and all those. So we're going to fire up Countdown to 5 in 2023, starting in January, watching all the Indiana Jones films, one per month. And we're starting actually with the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which I have to watch between now and January, which I've never seen. You're watching all of them? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's That's a great rewatch. Oh, what a great way to celebrate the new Indiana Jones movie, because those shows are pretty good. And they're doing a lot and shooting it on film for TV. The d- that and the huge budgets, yeah, 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 really cool and great, yeah, great, so. great cast. Oh my gosh! I think yeah. I watched
0: the episode where Ford appeared as his older self. That's yeah. the only one I watched because oh, yeah, I like right. him so much. Yeah. but uh, I gotta go watch that. So that'll be coming in January. Isn't Side note: IMDb's <laughs> new layout sucks. Yeah, uh, let's get to the Ford <laughs> definitive list of essentials. <laughs> they this killed box th- office mojo.
2: Anyway, uh, continue <laughs> uh, that too. The IMDb, yeah. they
0: just uh, both the redo. This will help. You'll like. You'll find things much easier. Nope. Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> the, let's Here's go through the Harrison Ford list of essentials Topical. in this movie. Does he have righteous anger?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he has the, yes, the the righteousness of history and science. Well, right. this is going to
0: have it, and it's from a good place. Good and good not call. being a Nazi. This is going to be all yeses. <laughs> yeah. By yeah. The way. Uh, smile and charm. Trust me.
2: Trust me. Trust yes. Of oh, course he does. Oh my Big gosh.
1: So much Yeah. Shout
0: or growl?
2: Jesus! Right yeah. when Jesus. it's Jesus. plenty of that. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> Lots of that.
0: But basically, how Harrison Ford is he in this in a percentage scale? The answer is one hundred.
1: One hundred. One hundred percent. This Harrison is a hundred percent Harrison Ford. This is the ultimate by which all others are to be compared. I mean, I don't know what we gave Han Solo. I don't think we went a hundred with that. Yeah, you know, Han Solo. Even though we perhaps w-
0: because he didn't. Yeah, he didn't fill the the screen. You know, wasn't. I don't know.
1: Yeah, did we?
2: Yeah, he he didn't sh- shout a lot as Han Solo. In Empire, he does. Some. Yeah, he does. He does an Empire. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Empire. Come on, Goldenrod. You're going to be a permanent resident. <laughs> I mean, the pointing definitely <laughs> in Empire, like at 7. least. Oh. But, ah. Yeah. yeah no. Oh, that, that, he got way pointy in, in, it's in Empire. Very
1: pointy, very shouty in yeah. Empire. It may be the best pointing and shouting he does. This one out of goes there.
2: Way. That one goes there. <laughs> this I, is I, a, I say that in my head 500 times it. a week. Punch it
1: thinking about these action sequences and how they're stacked together and sequenced to to build up. It's yeah. just like from. and by the time you get to the end it's one after another after another. It's just nobody had done anything like that. Yeah. Like even James Bond's, you know, ending action sequence is going to be four minutes and they're, they're going to have 20 minutes before where they're driving trucks, you know, or, or, or walking or whatever. You know, it's it's just incredible. Every time I watch it, I'm like, the well, third act have of this. this movie. Oh my God. And, th- and then the movie takes such joy, because this is Steven Spielberg and we, we've always, you know, there's always the story of a Steven Spielberg, how he used to love scaring his sisters, and mm-hmm. so that whatever he could do, lock him in a closet, you know oh, darkness is scary, and other sort of, sort of stuff, like, you can tell the joy, the last time we saw it, Paul a- at the New Beverly, you could just tell the joy of Spielberg when he's on a roll, he knows he has the audience, and he's rolling him into the next thing, so as soon as the wing is done, it's, they're taken out by truck Truck, what truck? Duns, 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 duns. I mean, it just—it's taking such joy. It's amazing, really. What a achievement!
0: All right, well, that wraps Raiders of the Lost Ark. Not that we're done talking about it, but really, time is up. Yeah. This was our longest episode. I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, no this oh my, is, my favorite movie of all time. I could keep going.
1: This has been such a great tribute to our favorite movie of all time, having having a bona fide critic. This guy's—he's bona fide. We're to give us other plugs? You have social.
2: I have okay. social, yeah. I'm on Twitter, at Dan, YouTube, Movies. I have an Instagram that I don't use.
0: Excellent. And you can find us at the Movie Guys everywhere on social media or wherever you listen to the show. And, of course, TheMovieGuys.net. Next up, Blade Runner as this crazy oh. 80s run of Harrison
1: Ford's. Wow. Incredible, 80s. right? He's going to go right from this to working with Ridley Scott. Crazy. In a crazy Ridley Scott, the most Ridley Scott <laughs> that, that might have ever happened. That's true. <laughs> the
0: um, most obsessive, most... We will see you there with our special guest, Dave Sachs.
1: Ooh. Yeah, yeah. good friend good friend Dave Sachs, who we've known from improv for years, great authority on Blade Runner, and since the day I met him that we've talked about Blade Runner. So it's gonna be a good convo. I have one last thing to add before we leave. I here. want to hear it, Adam. I taped Rares of the Lost Ark on SLP would you venture to guess what the other two movies on that tape, and a special tape, by the way, at the time you could buy your cheap VHS Mm videotapes, and then you could buy the very expensive $15 cassette that was made of some sort of metal type, avalon metal, like all these made up words. Adamantium metal. And this was like, I got it for Christmas. It was a very special tape, and I said, I'm going to only tape my favorite movies on this. Mm -hmm. I will tell you, of the two movies that are on that tape, only one is a favorite movie. The other (laughs) is is merely connected by theme to the second movie on the tape okay slp rares a lost ark uh the goonies no poltergeist no
0: thinking of that era rocky three
1: no tron no Mm. go backwards a little bit before raiders
2: pre-raiders okay Uh, is it harrison ford
1: yeah Oh, Star Star Wars? Wars. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Back. Now, you'll never guess the third. Is it, <laughs> it Ice It is sci-fi. Ice Pirates? God, you were you literally so <laughs> close, Paul Preston. <laughs> that was insane. You went Ice Pirates? It easily could have been Ice Pirates. I loved Ice oh, then Pirates. It's Space Hunter
0: 3D Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Sin. <laughs> oh, wow. You almost
1: made it in three, because that second one was even closer. Next, I was going, you're the hunter from the future. So
0: <laughs> when I got there with four or five guesses.
1: That's, that was an amazing one-two, though. That's,
0: I, I, that's why I gave it that's to you on three. Yeah. I think when you hear Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Sin, the show is over. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Winslow. Come on,
2: guys.
0: Winslow. <laughs>
2: Ha <laughs> Son of a.